Gospel reading this morning is taken from John chapter 13, beginning with the first verse. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God, and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that he poured water into a basin, and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You don't realise now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part in me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. Servants not greater than their masters, nor are messengers greater than those who sent them. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Verse 31. Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself, and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me... And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. King of eternal glory, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my heart. Please be seated. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as I speak these words you've had me prepare, I pray that the words of my lips and the thoughts of all our hearts may now and always be acceptable to thee, O Lord, our strength and redeemer. Amen. Amen.
What an insight, looking into this this week. Without turning round to look, in fact you can't see because the doors are closed, what colour is the front door of this place? Because <laughs> sometimes you see stuff all the time and you don't see it. When I was growing up, um, I was foolish enough to go to confirmation classes without knowing what it actually meant. I was too embarrassed to admit that I didn't know and I wasn't good enough. So I went and I learned this strange stuff. And the big question I had about Holy Week is, what on earth is Maundy Thursday? You know, I knew from age 14 that it meant the Queen came around with a lot of big dignitaries because in 1974 she came to Hereford, which is where I lived, but not a lot more. You know, people get Good Friday, they get Easter Sunday, some even understand Palm Sunday, but Maundy Thursday is unclear. What does it mean? It's a good question. Do any of you use the word Maundy in your normal speech? No. For those outside the church, and even for a lot of those inside, it might just seem like um, a Thursday that we're supposed to go to church and we ought to go to church and we're all here this morning, but you will come here every Thursday anyway, I know. Jane tells me. But do we know? But before I get on to actually what the word means, I want to go back to the story we read, thinking about that green door out the front. Jesus had gone to Jerusalem for the Passover. He's gathered his 12 disciples at the table. They'd seen the triumphant entry. Perhaps they were thinking, tonight we get to find out what happens to the Romans and the leaders of the church and it's all going to happen. It was, but in God's upside down way of explaining his kingdom to us, very, very different to what they might have been anticipating. Jesus' love for us is always intentional. He doesn't love us by accident. He planned this. He knew what was about to happen in fine detail, I'm sure. He knows that by the end of the night, one of them would betray him to the authorities. One who has de declared a strong following for him will deny him three times and the rest will run away because this just wasn't right this wasn't what they thought he meant despite what he taught them all of them will desert him in his hour of greatest pain and yet there he is breaking bread pouring the cup eating with them blessing them getting down on his hands and knees and washing their feet. A duty that even slaves in that society could not have insisted on them because it was too demeaning. You know, even their household servants would not be expected to do that duty. Humanly, knowing what was to happen, we might expect him to have a really good grumpy face on. You know, I've brought you this far, I've taught you everything, and you just don't get it. But no, he's there, sharing food, having fun together, being sociable, blessing them, washing their feet. And you know the bit that really pinged to me this week? 
That included blessing and giving bread and wine to and washing Judas' feet. Judas had not left the room by that stage. All were included. Such love. So why would we ever feel unworthy to partake at our Lord's table? To be loved by God. To be saved. This is my own revelation this year, as Paul knows, because I bent his ear a couple of times about it, trying to figure out just why I wanted to be ordained, what a priest was. And the answer seemed missing. And the answer just was, I call you. That's what he says to us, to follow him. I call you. You don't have to be good enough. You can be one of the doubters. You can be the one that was going to betray him after the supper. I call you. I love you this much. Amazing. You know, our natural thing in our common world would be, I want revenge. You know, an eye for an eye. My rights. Boy, do people talk about their rights these days. You know. But Jesus' message is a different one. He'd done nothing wrong. He'd lived a life of non-violence. He'd healed the sick, raised the dead, freed the captives, brought hope to those who needed it most because they had none. And in the end, he knew he was not about to be thanked. He was about to be killed. Because in the end, the goodness, the kindness, the compassion, the love he had brought was more of a threat to the Romans and the hierarchy of that day than any outrage or raising of an armed force. It chopped away their very basis for where they stood. The status quo was upset by somebody loving so unconditionally that they sought from now to kill him. The night before he was Good Friday, he wasn't running away. He wasn't preparing for battle. He was intentionally with those he loved. For me, that means he is here with us this morning because he loves us. And we are about to reenact that feast where he told us for the first time, my body is given for you, my blood is shed for you. He was preparing those who were about to doubt, about to run away, about to hide, about to betray him, what to do after. What to do when he couldn't lead and teach them directly. He was setting them up and teaching them. And that's where Maundy comes in. Because what, if you, what do you do if you know you're not going to be around any longer? You write things out for those who stay after you, don't you? We write our wills. We tell people what we'd like them to do with their lives after we've gone. Because we've had a great example. The word mandi comes from the Latin word mandatum, which means mandate or commandment. And that's what Maundy Thursday actually means. It was our mandate 
Christ told his disciples in verse 34, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you, including to this example of being so subservient as to be ridiculous by society standards, to love that much. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. I've always thought it's really good at the communion service we share the peace so that we don't have discord or disagreements with each other before we come to communion. We have love one for another. Christ said people would know we were his by our love. Maybe that should help us remember from Monday Thursday. Maybe it's helped us remember what it means. We shouldn't be known by Christ's disciples because we put a Christian fish sticker on our car or a cross round our necks. We shouldn't be known as Christians because we tell people about God, though that is also a good thing to do. People should know we are Christians because we love one another, friend or foe. That was the bit, wasn't it? He served everybody that night, even knowing what they were going to do. We are all good enough because he asks us to sit, to come to his table, to be one, because he loves us. So we should be known as his by how much and who we love. Not just our friends, not just people who come into this room. By everybody out there we come into contact with, we are called to love. So perhaps this morning we'll go out of here thinking, this is our command for us this morning. Love one another as I have loved you. And as we give thanks over the bread and wine, we remember that is his great commandment. Soon we shall remove the trappings from the church across our land, for the day of despair is coming. But he has called us friends, and we must watch for his rising on Easter morning. Fear not that the earth be moved and the mountains shake, Psalm 46. We must watch and pray that the bond of love may hold us firm as his friends and our own friends. The fruit of the vine is crushed in the press, but we shall drink that wine anew with him in the joy of his risen kingdom.